If you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn to Hebrews chapter 11 this morning, and then the first part of chapter 12 will bounce around there this morning in those uh, two chapters. Uh, as you know, if you've been here, we've been going through this series called A Thrill of Hope, and this morning this will be the conclusion of that series. You know, the past couple weeks we've, we've probably heard that Christmas song uh, that talks about the thrill of hope, the thrill of hope, and then after that's uh, mention the next words are the weary world rejoices the weary world rejoices and you know that's that's my hope our hope this morning that that we'll leave here refreshed rejoicing and, and not let weariness get in the way of us walking close to Jesus you know that biblical definition of hope that we've tried to grasp this month has been this not wishful thinking but assured confident, eagerly anticipated expectation, a firm assurance supported by the promises of God's word regarding things that are unseen, unclear, and or unknown. That's, that's hope. And you know, uh, the, the word of God, the, the Bible we probably uh, carried in here this morning in some way or uh, you have somewhere just gives us so much when it comes to hope. There's lots of passages in the Word of God that give us hope. I think of Titus 2, verse 13, an old Awana verse that we, that we learned. It says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you know, when I think of that, we have firm assurance in, in hoping in Christ. This past Thursday, I was part of a funeral. Uh, a man, 82 years old, Ernest Tessner, went home to be with the Lord. And, and his hope was, uh, it, it was seeing Jesus. And then he kept saying this to us and his family. He says, I just want to be with Mama at Christmas. That's his wife who passed a couple years ago. And, he, and God gave him that wish, that, that, that hope that was in his heart. And, and that blessed hope that Titus mentions. Another passage, Romans 15, verse 13, says it this way. May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope, abound in hope. We can have hope this morning. It's not wishful thinking. It's, it, it's something that we know because of God's word that, that it, it's going to come to pass. And as we look at these passages this morning, we'll, we'll see a, a men who have put on hope in their life because of their faith, and they, they're good models for us this morning. I think of hope. It began for me at the age of 16 when I was a, a teenager, uh, struggling with, with just what really was life all about. You know, we had sickness in our home, and, and, and God revealed to himself to me that he's hope. He's a way that we can have hope. And it was that time in my life as, as a 16-year-old that I, I realized I needed the hope of heaven, and that's when I put my trust in Jesus. And I have that hope in him this morning. And, and really, when you think about that, uh, life began with salvation, and then there's a process that we know as sanctification, just growing in grace, growing in knowledge, and then it will end with glorification when we see Christ when we're with him. Uh, Hebrews 12 verse 1 talks about 
our faith in some people who we can learn from this morning where it says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. This, this passage gives us that are followers of Christ here this morning hope. We have hope. In your, in your notes, hope encourages us to demonstrate practical faith so that we can offer hope to others as we seek to impact a generation. You know, it's cool when you think of hope. You know, if you're a person who, who has hope and is a hopeful person, you know, God really gives people a, a gravitation to you, I believe. You know, I like to be around people that are, that are hopeful people. You know, I have a sister in Ohio, and uh, her name's Hope. <laughs> and we used to say, hey, Hope, what you hoping for? And her hope was because of Jesus. And, and, you know, we joke with her all the time, call her hopeless and stuff. But she really wasn't. She was a person who allowed hope to live out in her life. In fact, she was a person God used to help me on my journey to, to grow in Christ. Hope. Hope to hold on to. Hope to hold on to as we begin 2020. You know, uh, a couple more passages. I just like to give you scriptures because really that's really what we need to hear uh, more than what I have to say. But I, I love uh, this thought this morning as we begin 2020. We can trust in the word of God. We can trust God's word to get us through. I love David's words in Psalm 119 where he says, my soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. I hope in your word. Another thought when we think of uh, trusting the word of God, we, we can build our life, we can build our future on the word of God. Our future, just uh, uh, several days ago, God showed me this passage in Acts and it's Paul talking and he, and he said this, he says, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You know, Paul's hope, Paul's future was in the calling that he put on his life and he wanted to finish that course and do it well. You know, God wants us to finish well. If you're married here this morning, God wants you to stay faithful and finish well. You know, uh, today I have the great opportunity to celebrate 35 years of marriage to my wife. Man, you don't have to clap. It's funny that I had a reminder that this morning that it was our anniversary. It's like, it's supposed to be the other way around. I said, come on, honey, put in your teeth. We're going to church. And uh, we, so we got here. And uh, actually, she has real teeth. Um, so she didn't have to put them in. But the idea is there's hope to stay married. We can build our future on that. And then one more thought as we think of this, we can have faith that God will direct our steps. We can have faith that God will direct our steps. I love 1 Peter 3, 15. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And you do it with gentleness and respect. There's, there's hope. You know, uh, as God directs our steps, don't, don't you want people to see that hope that you have so, so they see something about your life that, that says, I want some of that. I want what you got. 
And, and, you know, that's hope. In fact, this passage tells us we should be so attractive to people by our faith, by our hope, that they, that they, that they want to just know more about what we believe and why we are people of hope. So live that out, the, the, for God to direct your steps to people so you can share your hope this morning. Now, Hebrews 11, first three verses, let me just share these with you as we kind of move into this message this morning. Hebrews 11, verses one through three. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Again, this introduces to us the, the hope, the faith walk of, of several people that are mentioned in chapter 11. And as we, as we think of these people that, that God mentions to us here in chapter 11, we, we can learn from them. So in your outline, genuine hope comes when we plan. Genuine hope comes, or biblical hope, comes when we plan. God's plan for us requires thinking. Good runners, good followers of Christ make plans. And a good plan for everyone that's in here this morning is that we learn from other people, that we learn from others. In fact, if you just jump to the first part of verse 12, you see that the others that are mentioned in chapter 11, the writer is referring for us to, to learn from. In fact, he calls them a, a cloud of witnesses, people who lived out Jesus. They were witnesses. Uh, they, 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 they committed their life to Christ and, and, and they are witnesses. They are people that we can learn from. So let's just look at some of these people that, that, that God mentions for us here in, in Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. Look at verse four. We meet Abel. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. So as we, as we read the first part of this verse, we see here, here's a man who, who lived out his faith, who was part of this great cloud of witnesses, and, and, and he, he lived the righteous life. In fact, the end of the verse says, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. His life still lives on. His obedient faith still lives on. The life of Abel. And then in verse 5, we read about a man named Enoch. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And look at the end of the verse where it says this. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. What a thing to say about a person, that he pleased God. You know, we can be one of the, the, the cloud of witnesses that, that are mentioned in this passage as well. By pleasing God, by being people who please God. What a great thing to be said of you. Instead of me, that we please God. Verse 7, Noah. We know Noah as the guy that built the, the big boat. As before, water had, had, had uh, well, water was there, but rain had not fallen at this season uh, before. And, and God told Noah to build an ark. And it says in verse 7, by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. 
And what we see about these men's hope, what we see about these men's faith is that, that they led to action. Righteousness, pleasing God, in this case, build, a, build an ark. There's still more, verse 8 through 10. Notice Abraham. He was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Try to think of this. Here's a fellow who's 75 years old. He only knew one place, basically. And God said, you need to get out of here, pack your bags with your family, and go. And he did it. In fact, if you read Genesis 12, you'll see that he doesn't say, well, God, are you sure? He, he went. And boy, that's such a, 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 an important challenge for all of us here this morning that we always are prepared to do what God calls us to do. Yes. And sometimes he may want you to move to Ohio. Or he might want you to move across town. Or he might want you to move to another state. And it's important that we're always willing to go. And I love this life lesson from Abraham. And what's cool is his wife caught on as well. Verses 11 and 12, we see Sarah's faith. And she hadn't been able to conceive. Here's a lady who at the age of 90 years old had a son. His name was Isaac. And again, God used her faith and he fulfilled that promise in her. And then one of my favorites, Moses in verses 24 and 25, where we see Moses by faith when he was grown up refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Wow. Again, he, he could have been really popular as an Egyptian. He could have been uh, 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 a man of wealth, a man of riches. But, but to him, his walk with Jesus, his calling on his life that God put there was, I don't need that. And then if you look at verse 29, the people caught on as well. Because the people, we see them crossing the Red Sea. And boy, that's all important for us here, people, because there's people who watch our life, who we live with, who we have as family that we need to show Jesus and let them catch on to him as well. Genuine hope comes when we plant and it comes when we learn from others when we plan. And then there's a second thought to this first point, and that is this, we, we, we need to really do it by living in faith, by living by faith. Because without faith, verse 6 says, it's impossible to please him. For whoever draws near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith. These faith walkers, they went on before us. They walked by faith. A challenge for us to live. Faith. It takes faith. It takes faith to, to share Christ. It takes faith to, to be a light in the workplace. It, it takes faith to, to speak out and, and even be a, a person of truth and integrity. But God tells us there's no other way. It takes faith. The walk of these believers help us, help us when we become weary, help us when we become discouraged, 
Help us when we become broken hearted. I'm so glad God gives us Hebrews 11, this, this cloud of witness. They, they weren't spectators. They were involved. They were in the race. They lived life. They did life. They were faithful and they finished well. So we have a hope that's important when we plan and, and we learn from others as we plan. We live by faith as we plan. There's, there's a second thought to this, and that is genuine hope comes when we prepare. Genuine hope comes when we prayer, when we prepare. Uh, in chapter 11, the sec, or chapter 12, excuse me, the, first, the second part of verse one, it reads, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. As people that are in the race here this morning, as followers of Jesus here this morning, we prepare first of all by laying aside some things. And the passage tells us what we need to lay aside are our weights, our weights. The, the idea of the word weight here, it just simply refers to excess body fat, which we probably can all relate to a little bit this holiday season. You know, we've maybe overindulged and, and, and really it's, it's a weight that shouldn't be there. And, and really, if, if you think about walking close with Jesus, it's important that we're not too full of excess baggage so we can be effective as followers of him. Weight in this passage, the idea that, that, that the writer is giving for us here is that we're to lay aside this, this weight that ensnares us. You know, one commentator, John MacArthur, says this about the weight here. The, the weight weighs us down. It diverts our attention. It saps our energy. And he goes on to say, it will dampen our enthusiasm for the things of God. So, so my question this morning, what needs to be laid aside? What are, are the weights that possibly we have that shouldn't be there? And these are, are, are not necessarily sins, but they can easily become sins. As we think to the passage again, uh, these weights could possibly been in this era, uh, Judaistic Legalism, maybe some traditions. We can transfer that fast forward to our lifetime, some things maybe that, that are traditions that become weights. And, and thankfully, we try to be very intentional as a church to not let those weights get in the way. But the idea is that we need to, again, get, out of, get them away from us. Um, I'll just, you know what a weight is for me? Ice cream. I just love ice cream, you know, and, and for a while we were buying the low fat ice cream, but I just eat three or four bowls of that. So it really didn't help. So we get the real stuff again. But, but typically when I sit and, and it's not even a half gallon anymore. Uh, so maybe that helps me rationalize it away, but, but I'll have a bowl at night and then I'll say, Heidi, could you just get me another bowl too? And she doesn't talk to me about my weight much. So she just gets it for me. 
Uh, but the idea is, you know, food can become a weight. Too much of it. Uh, I have sports down here too. I'm hitting myself uh, uh, with these this morning. But sports are, are healthy things, but sometimes they can get in the way of what's really important, and that is our, our walk with Jesus. Contentment can be a weight. You know, we, we sometimes just get pretty comfortable, even, even with what we do as far as a ministry. You know, and again, we should all be involved in a ministry, but sometimes God wants us to stretch and grow and, and not let, you know, complacency take the, the place of, of, of really growing. And maybe that is something that needs to be laid aside. I have a note here for myself uh, to think about too is, is, is uh, comfortability. You know, we, we like to be comfortable. We don't like to be put out. Um, last night we received a call from a, from a relative who was uh, traveling through. And he calls us about 7.30 and says, hey, can I spend the night? And I'm thinking, why didn't he call a couple of days ago? We could have had a good excuse for him not to come. <laughs> That's not, no, no I, I, so, you know, but, but the comfortability was, you know, there's a game I want to watch, you know, I'm preaching tomorrow and, and uh, you know, thankfully we, we, he stayed and he had a good, good fellowship. My wife cooked him dinner and uh, he ate all my ice cream. Um, <laughs> no. But, but see, again, the idea is sometimes we just don't want to be put out. We don't want to uh, be willing to, to, to sacrifice. And, and, you know, thankfully, here's a young man he, who, who his, his, his world's getting rocked right now because his parents are, are sideways and they're not doing well in their marriage. And, and uh, you know, he's doubting his faith. So really what was beautiful about this, God gave us an opportunity to do a ministry in his life. So we miss out sometimes. And, and we would have missed out if we had said, no, the, the inn is full. Um, don't do that. Here, here's a, a couple more to think about. Um, don't get too casual with the opposite sex. You know, that's, that can be dangerous, you know, in the workplace. Uh, don't, uh, it, it, it can be a weight Love for family. And again, we should love our family, but, but have, are we willing to give our family to the Lord and let God use them wherever he wants to use them? Screens, we gotta throw them out there. Social media. These again can all be weights that, that encumber us and they keep us from being effective as we're running the race. So we... So we uh, Lay aside them as we prepare. And, and then uh, a second thought to all this, let's ask the Spirit to show us what's the weight that needs to be removed as we begin 2020. What sin is ensnaring us? I love Psalm 139 verses uh, 23 and 24 where, where the psalmist tells us, search me, O God, and know my heart, Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What needs to be a lay aside? What's your conversation with the Lord as he speaks to you in this area? 
be on guard. Even good things can lead to sin. Remove them. Get them out of the way. And, and then be really bold and ask someone close to you who really knows you, you know, are there some weights in my life that need to be evaluated and be removed so I can be more effective for Jesus as we begin this new year? You know, the passage uses the word ensnare. And it's a term that, that, that describes a, a garment that's wrapped around one's body and, 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 and it's perhaps tied and it just kind of limits you. You know, uh, I had this funeral on Thursday and I had to put on my suit and it really limited me because it, for some reason, has shrunk. And, uh, you know, but once I took it off, I was free again. And see, that's the idea here. We're, we're free when we remove those weights that shouldn't be there, those things that are encumbering us. And as you think of this, as you think of what is slowing you, you down, and as you ask the Spirit to lead you, and as you ask those good friends what needs to be removed, never forget that God gives you chances as you confess to him. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's not going to leave us hanging when we ask forgiveness. He'll strengthen us and he'll give it. And then there's a last thought to all this. Genuine hope comes when we plan. Genuine hope comes when we prepare. And then genuine hope comes when we participate. In chapter 12, the, the, the second part of, of verse 1 says, Run with endurance the race that's set before us. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Participate. We run. We run the race. How do we run? You, you run and you keep running and you keep running and you don't stop. You, you go and you keep in the race. You know, and it's not about speed. It's about staying in the race. stick That's a word. I had Elizabeth look it up. We stay in the race. We, we endure. We, 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 we realize that it's, it's not a 100-yard dash. It's not a marathon. It only ends when God calls us home. And then we pass on the torch to one of the partners in the race. But that's only when God calls you home. You know, there's, there's people, again, who are are watching our lives that we get to pass it on to. They're counting on us to run and to stay in it and to stay married and to stay faithful to what God's called us to do. There's hope for us to run and to run well. Timothy, uh, or 2 Timothy 2, uh, 4, verse 7, Paul wrote that to a young pastor and he's toward the end of his life He's toward the end of the race and he says this, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. 
What a challenge for us. What a great thing for us to say when, when, when God, before God calls us home, if we could just say, I fought well, I finished well, I, I kept the faith. It requires energy. It requires intensity. It requires us keeping our eyes on Jesus. And the great thing is it's already set out for us. The race is already laid out. We just need to run it. And again, my race isn't your race, Carl. My race isn't your race, Joey. You know, it's, we all have our own race. And God wants us to be faithful in that. It's predetermined. Have hope. Stay in the race. Again, at 16, I, I got in the race. I asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. The gun was fired. The pace sometimes was a crawl. Sometimes I, I, I did pretty good, Others, you know, but, but I, I've, I've stayed in the race and God wants us to do that. I remind us of, of a passage Paul wrote to a church that was in the first century. And he said this in Philippians 1 verses 3 through 6. He said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus. As I, as I think of this and as I remind us of this passage and as we see the partnership here that Paul talks about how we're, we're in it together and I think it would be a great place for us to, to remind us all of the importance of, of being in a connect ministry. And God's called us to that, to get out of the rows and in the circles so we can be effective in that. You know, uh, we're, we're building a new addition on this uh, uh, church, if you've noticed. And there's going to be a connect hall in here. And there's going to be several uh, extra spots, extra rooms for us to, to, to use to help more people connect. So we're going to need your help. One, to fill those rooms and one, to lead those connect groups. So again, be available to, to, to what's in your race as you begin 2020. We run and we keep our eyes on him. All eyes on Jesus, the founder, the perfecter of our faith. That's the second thought here under the third point. Look to Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher. Don't see the obstacles. See Jesus. And you know, when you look at Jesus, he gives you the clear vision, the clear perspective that you need. We consider him who endured from sinners, verse 3, such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Don't quit. Don't let discouragement overtake you. Don't let weariness overtake you. Keep running. Again, those coming behind are counting on us to be faithful. Many of us have kids here this morning. Many of us have grandkids. Some of you have great-grandkids. Some of you are just starting out. But whatever you are, wherever you are, people are counting on you to finish well. Application. Genuine hope comes when we plan. Genuine hope comes when we prepare. Genuine hope comes when we participate. 
You know, in just three days, we'll begin 2020. That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? And God wants us to stay on the course, to throw off hindrances, to, to, to stay in the race and finish well what God's called us to finish. And then there's a spot in your notes there. Am I, personally, am I in the race? You know, do some searching in your heart right now. Do you remember a time where you got in the race, where salvation started with you? I wish I could sit with all of you and hear, well, when did that start for you? When did that start for you? I've told you when it started for me as a 16-year-old, but it was there a time, is there a time? And if you can't remember a time, then today would be a great day for you to say, God, I'm a sinner. I give my life to you today, Jesus. I want to become a follower of Christ. Today, I surrender my life to you. Stay the course, throw off hindrances, and run your race well. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are hope. I thank you for the thrill of hope. And Lord, may we rejoice in knowing that we can trust in your truths, that you will direct our steps this morning. Lord, I just pray for, for each of us that have come to this gathering this morning, that we, Lord, would examine ourselves. And, and first of all, are we in the faith? And second of all, are there some hindrances, some, some, some things that are, are obstacles in the race that are, are slowing my faith down and is preventing my hope from flourishing? So, Lord, whatever that need is this morning as we sing this invitation song, may we evaluate, examine, and then do something about it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? We're about to sing an invitation song this morning. Myself and Christian are here at the front to, to pray with you, to, to, to share Jesus with you. Or maybe you just want to gather around the altar. Maybe you want to bring your spouse. Maybe you want to bring your family and say, you know, 2020 is about to start. This is a good time for me to, 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 to commit myself to Jesus again and, and to, to be more faithful and to get rid of some hindrances that are there. You know, if that's your need, uh, we, we, we welcome you to use this time to, to examine yourself as Wes leads us this morning. You are here, I want to pray with you, okay? Lord, help. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Working in this place, I worship you, I worship you, and you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, you are way maker. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are here. 
healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are healing.